0: It all started when a kid died. He was driving his girlfriend home from a party on a Saturday night. And before you get any ideas, no, he wasn't speeding and he hadn't been drinking or taking drugs. It had simply been raining all day and the roads were shining in that horrible glassy way. Before you sympathise with me, I must tell you that I wasn't friends with the kid. Although, when you only had one friend, like I did, the chances of having one of your friends die in a car crash were fairly slim. Especially when the only time your friend was in a car was when his mum was driving and she drove slower than my tractor and stopped to let insects cross the road. I knew who the kid was, of course. The dead one, that is. He was the school captain and everyone at my school loved him. He was also extremely well built. Next to him, I looked like a candle wick. But you know what the best part about the kid was? He wasn't even a bully. No lie. In fact, he was a pretty decent guy by all accounts. Not that he ever really spoke to me, of course, but that's why he was nice. He never called me a faggot or pulled my pants down or shoved me into the girls' bathroom. He never stopped others when they did, but hey, he was only human. Anyway, the kid's name was Charlie, Charlie Parker, and he was dead.
1: Welcome to the Good Reading Magazine podcast, sponsored by Pantera Press. Good Reading is a monthly magazine dedicated to books and reading. And aims to help readers discover their next favourite book. You can find out more about the books discussed on today's podcast at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. Welcome back to the Good Reading Podcast. My name's Emma, and we're in the studio with Meg Gatland-Vaness, who you just heard reading aloud from the opening chapter of her new young adult novel, I Had Such Friends, a bold and breathtaking debut about the exhilaration and anguish of adolescence. Meg, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. We're recording on the 1st of August, which, if I'm correct, is the official release date of your novel. Yes. Which
0: is really exciting,
1: so congratulations. Thank you. How are you feeling about everything?
0: I don't, like, I still can't believe that it's happening. I thought I would believe it when I saw the books in a bookshop, but I still don't, I don't know, it still hasn't sunk in, I think.
1: Have you always been a writer since you were younger?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've always written stories my whole life. The first story I ever wrote was about, 12 kittens, I think, and they were named after my 12 best friends oh, nice. in kindergarten. But um, yeah, I always wanted to be a writer my whole life. And this book, it begins in the immediate aftermath, as we
1: just heard in your extract, the immediate aftermath of a car accident yeah. um, following the death of a popular Year 12 student yes. named Charlie. Yes. And Charlie's death sends shockwaves through the local school and everyone who knew him is devastated. Everyone that is except for one Hamish Day Hamish Day wasn't really friends with Charlie because Hamish Day doesn't really have many friends. Yeah, he has Um, one friend. (laughs) Right, one friend who he calls his best friend, but only because he has to? Yes. Given that you probably know him quite well at this point, could you introduce our listeners to who Hamish is?
0: Uh, Yes, so Hamish um, is a bit of a loser. He lives on a cabbage farm and he only has one friend and his one friend is Martin, who is a huge geek. He collects... Trading cards, and he plays video games, and he has a lazy eye and asthma and braces and glasses and everything you could possibly think of. And um, Hamish is a bit of a loner, and he's dealing with a lot of things from his past as well. And yeah, I was going
1: to comment next on the cover of the novel because yep. firstly because it's so beautiful. Um, And so eye-catching. For those who haven't seen it, it's a picture of two teenage boys like shoulder deep in the ocean at sunset. Yes. And that's because the novel is set in a small beachside town.
0: Yes. So it's set sort of in a country town in Australia that also is near the beach. Um, And, yeah, a lot of the scenes happen at the beach. It's all sort of all the main major events of the novel happen at the beach. I heard that you yourself grew up somewhere similar. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was born in Milton and then we moved to Ulladulla, oh, right. which is a little country town near the ocean. So a lot of it is based on where I grew up and where I went to school and the sort of things that I saw all the time in my day-to-day life as a student. Right. So, yeah. Did quite a bit of your experiences end up in this novel? Yeah, it's, um, it's very much based on things that happened in my life. Not specifically, but um, a lot of the characters are inspired by people that I've met and um, a lot of the events are inspired by things that I've seen. Right. And Hamish himself, even though he's part of this coastal town, he grew up
1: on the outskirts kind of yes. on this little cabbage farm. Yeah. A really heartbreaking scene that I remember reading was when his dad is on the tractor having to tear up all of his precious cabbages because, yes. because there's not enough money in them. Yeah.
0: I actually, that was something I heard on the radio. It was a, a man called in a farmer and he was crying and he was talking about how he had to plow over all his cabbages because it was cheaper for him to destroy them than it was for him to try and sell them because of all the imports from overseas and things and the big companies. So, and yeah, this man, this strong burly farmer man on the radio was crying about his cabbages and it just really moved me and that was the inspiration for the dad character and the cabbage farm in the book.
1: Right. And the parents the parents are interesting characters because they're sort of on the fringe of the novel. Sometimes they do ask Hamish questions but there's there tends to be quite a loud silence between him and them.
0: Yes. Um, and in fact, the adults in the novel aren't really present at all. Yeah. Was there a reason for that? I feel like a lot of the time... Um, kids and teenagers feel like they're going through things alone and that they can't really talk to adults about their problems because they don't think they understand. So um, I guess a lot of it comes from that. But also his parents are really busy because his dad's a farmer, so he doesn't see him very often because he's always out really early and then he goes to bed really early. So I wanted to convey that sense of isolation that a lot of kids feel. That actually leads me on to my next question because a lot of
1: YA deals with similar themes to your novel like love and relationships and identity. And while your story still tells that familiar tale of of the high school outcast who has these friendships and a first love and so on, you do it with a rather refreshing honesty, and you don't shy away from really quite tough topics like death and abuse and sex and sexuality. Why do you think it's important to be upfront about those kind of issues?
0: Well, I'm a teacher and I see every day the students that I teach are going through things, like before they even get into the classroom, they've most of them have anxiety or depression or they're dealing with grief in their family or their friends and um, they're all going through stuff and so I felt the need to, I don't know, shed light on things and, and normalise things to make them see that they're not the only ones going through those sorts of things and that it's okay to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And how how have your students responded? Um, some of them are angry at me because it's sad. Um, but the students who have read it said they loved it. That's so exciting. I, had, I got some very heartfelt emails from some of them oh, nice. in, at like 2am in the morning when they finished reading it. Oh,
1: nice. What kind of things are they saying? What are they appreciating so much about the book?
0: Um, they A lot of the feedback I've had for them is that They really enjoyed the narrative voice of Hamish because they thought when they read it they would hear my voice, but they said they didn't. They said it was very much they thought they were listening to a 17-year-old boy, so that was a good compliment because that wasn't easy. Um, Also, they loved that it was, I think they said it was brave, like some of the issues that were dealt with, and they were glad that I had dealt with those issues and they liked that it was set in an Australian context that they could relate to as well, they liked. And they all love the character of Peter. He's their favourite. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, Well, yeah, could you tell our listeners a little bit about Peter? Because he's sort of, he's introduced at the start of the novel, but he's something of a mysterious figure throughout.
0: Yes. So Peter is, um, he is a football player and, but he hardly ever shows up for training and he doesn't really show up for school very often. But he, in the first chapter, he befriends Hamish, the, the loser with only one friend, and he spends the rest of the novel trying to work out why he's he's been befriended by this Peter because he sort of looks up to Peter as this really cool guy who has a car and doesn't show up to school and that kind of thing. And um, yeah, and then it turns out that Peter's got just as much stuff going on as Hamish does. And did teaching classes at school, did that become a kind of like informal
1: fieldwork for the novel, observing your students?
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, There's a lot of little quotes here and there that are things I've overheard kids say in the playground or in the classroom. Where did you start the story? Did you start with these characters? Were they the first step? How did you go about building? I I wrote the first chapter and I came up with the characters and then I left it for a long time and then I wrote the last chapter and then Mm. I went back and filled in all the gaps. There you go. Yeah, so it was... It was all planned out, which is unusual for me. Usually I just sort of write and see what happens, but this book I had a very clear beginning and ending that had to happen. Right.
1: And what is some of your like writing processes? Because I know a lot of our listeners are always really interested in, for
0: example, where you write. Well, I have a desk, which I never sit at to write. <laughs> I don't know why I have a desk. I usually sit in the living room and my cats like to try and help me with my writing by stealing my pens. Um, and... Yeah, I don't struggle too much with writer's block only because I have so many story ideas that if I start to struggle with one, I just start a different one. But then that's the problem because I have all these unfinished stories on my laptop. But yeah, so I usually sit in the living room with the cats, not at my desk. Nice. And some of those
1: unfinished projects, are they what's next for you?
0: Yeah, I've got some plans for a second and maybe third novel, not sequels to this one, just standalone novels, but also set in a similar Australian setting with similar age group characters, 17, 18-year-olds. And what about you as a teenager yourself? What were, for example, like your own reading habits? Um, I read everything. Um, when I was a teenager, I always had a book in my hands. I loved authors like Jacqueline Moriarty was my favourite and Melina Marchetta. I always really liked Australian young adult as well, things that were relevant. Um, but I also loved fantasy and most Everything, really. Do you find yourself recommending those same books to your students now?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, all the time. And what about for those students who aren't maybe as interested in reading? Do you have a book that just seems to work every time?
0: I don't think I have a specific book. I think it depends on the student and what kind of things they like. Um, It's usually good to start with something small, like The Little Prince is quite a short novel that you could read in in an hour or two. So that's a good one to get them started or something like the first Harry Potter book is always good but yeah it depends on the student and what sort of I always ask them what movies they like and then I try to find a book that's similar.
1: I was gonna I was gonna ask you then how have those sort of reading habits evolved into adulthood what do you read
0: now? Um, I'm currently actually reading The Complete Works of Jane Austen. Oh really? (laughs) Which I have in my bag and it's really heavy Um, but I just read The Shifting Fog by Kate Morton and I love everything that she does. Nice. And before that I read uh, The Colours of Madeline series by Jacqueline Moriarty which I think is probably the best fantasy series I've read since Harry Potter, which is cool. a big claim. So if you haven't <laughs> read it, you should read it.
1: Your book deals, like we said before, with quite tough issues. Yep. And as a teacher, I'm sure you would have witnessed those and even as a young person, we all go through them. What kind of conversations do you hope that this starts among students and maybe even parents as
0: well? I'm hoping that at the very lowest basic level, it will just get students, like children, kids talking about what's happening to them in their lives and make them understand that they can talk to each other and they can talk to parents and teachers if they need to. So I guess that's the first first step is just getting the kids comfortable talking about these sorts of things. And then the next step is making parents more aware of the secrets that their kids might be keeping from them and why that is and maybe trying to help parents to make it easier for their kids to talk about those sorts of issues. And then I suppose then the third level is getting teachers and other people in places of power when it comes to children able to help somehow to give counselling and to discuss these sorts of things in a safe environment. I Had Such Friends is published by Pantera Press and it can be
1: purchased via the Good Reading website, goodreadingmagazine.com.au or at any good bookstore. It is funny, it is fearless, it is heartbreaking and it speaks directly to its readership. Meg, thank you so much.
0: Oh, Thank you for having me. I've had a great time.